What's going on, everybody? I'm going to start each and every episode of this podcast out by giving you a little update of what's going on on my website. Over there, I have uh, health and fitness news. I post my blogs. I have some of the latest events coming up, like arm wrestling tournaments, practices, different other fitness-related events like 5K runs and yoga classes and just various different things. Um, Also, deals on the latest health and fitness supplements that I got um, and healthy recipes to help keep you changing up your meals so you don't get bored with the stuff, but you can still eat healthy foods. So uh, what I got under the health and fitness news section right now Evidence for sugar addiction. This will give you a link to an article that has the resources that show that um, excessive sugar consumption increases the dopamine levels in the brain similar to the way that drugs like cocaine do and that it may be expected to have the same addictive potential. So that's that should send a red flag to anybody who consumes a lot of sugar right there and this just shows proof that Sugar is just as addictive as a lot of these dangerous drugs like heroin and cocaine. And it can cause a lot of bad side effects in your body, which I'll go into in other podcasts later on. Um, There's also an article that shows that ketones may aid in the treatment of traumatic brain injury. Ketones are the byproduct of a ketogenic diet. When you're doing a ketogenic diet, your body produces more ketones in your blood. And I'll go into the full explanation of what that is, what that means, and exactly what's happening with that when I do my podcast on the ketogenic diet. But the fact that ketones aid in the treatment of traumatic brain injuries is just an awesome finding because um, a lot of athletes, professional athletes, even people who just have gotten hit in the head hard from different accidents and things, it's really use. It could be really useful to help them heal that up and recover from it. Um, there's all kinds of health and fitness news like that. My latest blog is the food is fuel paleo shrimp bowl. It's a detailed blog on how people seem to neglect their meals and their nutrition for the sake of not having time because they're too busy with other things. And it details how each and every day on my lunch, I go and make this paleo shrimp bowl that I eat uh, on my one hour lunch break at work and how there are different ways people could go about still getting proper nutrition when they don't have so much time and where you could cut time around and just it's a good read on that um the latest events that i got coming up of course each and every sunday we have no wimps arm wrestling practice here in greenville michigan um if you need details on that how to get hooked up with the practice and um address stuff like that if you're interested in coming just message the no wimps arm wrestling page on facebook and we'll get you details there. Uh, there's also an arm wrestling tournament coming up uh, June 11th in Mason, Ohio at the Powder Keg Harley-Davidson um, Center there. they It's an arm wrestling practice hosted by Kentucky Arm Wrestling. Uh, so that should be a good practice to attend if you're going to be in the area and available to go. Um, we also have, what else I got for deals? Um, 
From Natural Force, they have a new emulsified vanilla MCT oil, which is MCTs are medium chain triglycerides, a good medium chain fat that'll give you energy. It can help boost your immune system, help aid in uh, the ketogenic diet and getting ke boosting ketosis. Um, just really good fats for your brain and stuff. It's a, it's a energy boost is mainly what it's for, and you can squirt some of that in your coffee. Now that they got the vanilla flavor, that just makes it even more awesome. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of deals on there. If you want to use my discount code WJWBNZ037, it'll get you 10% off of that MCT oil or any natural force product. Um, I'm brought to you by Natural Force, which has the best paleo, organic, gluten-free, and non-GMO training supplements available. They got things like organic whey protein. They got collagen peptides, which collagen is good for your hair, skin, and nails and helps heal uh, tendons and ligaments, helps joint discomfort, and just aids in muscle recovery. They have things like Alpha Strength, which is a natural testosterone booster that's been proven to increase male sperm count and aid in increasing their testosterone levels naturally. Um, I'm also brought to you by Organic Muscle. They have all organic natural pre-workout and protein powder. They're more tor targeted towards like a vegan audience because it is all plant-based, no animal byproducts or anything in any of their products. And... They got a lot of good stuff. Their protein powder, they have a vanilla and a chocolate. They're working on a couple flavors for the pre-workout, but the wild berry one they have is pretty awesome. I use it before every workout. And even on my lunch for a little extra energy boost, instead of drinking an energy drink or a soda or something, I do another dose of the organic muscle pre-workout to kind of give me a midday kick and of course i also have links to uh, lucky vitamin thrive market live super and live superfoods which are different sponsors as well on the website but go check out some of the resources on there if you're interested in any of that stuff um my guest that i have on the podcast today is my longtime friend trevor jackson he is a local artist a body piercer and he is currently a junior piercer and in an apprenticeship at kitten flower boutique which they have stores in kalamazoo and in grand rapids and i'll have links up on my website uh, sleekpodcast.com s-l-i-e-k podcast.com We'll have links up to Trevor's Facebook and various different things that me and him talked about in this podcast and ways to get a hold of him if you're interested in getting a piercing by him or anything like that. So it was a really interesting conversation. I learned a lot about piercings and various other things and just like getting a different look into it, like getting into the mind of someone who does that and loves it and it's what he's passionate about and just various aspects that I think a lot of people don't really consider when they think about piercings and some of the things we talked about like uh, body suspensions and stuff so it's really cool and I think it'll give people a different outlook on a lot of this stuff so I hope you guys enjoy it thank you for listening
Jackson, you're the first guest on my podcast here, and we're going to talk about what you do for a living, um, your artwork, what made you interested in art and possibly in with piercings and stuff to begin with, and just kind of what it's like to do what you do and some different aspects of that. Awesome, and I'm honored to be the first guest on your podcast. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? Um, well... Ever since I've known you, since we've been friends, you've been really good at art, and you've just done a lot of, like, awesome artwork stuff, and you've designed my tattoo and my wife's tattoo and several others, I'm sure, and just kind of, what got you, what got you interested in art? Like, at what point did you really start to feel like you wanted to do art, and you were, like, creative with it, and you really enjoyed it, and it was... Well, I don't really remember what directed me into expressing myself like with visual arts um i just remember wanting to draw on everything growing up um apparently i would draw on the kitchen floor quite a bit when i was like four or five years old luckily it washed off pretty easily um i drew on like school work just like little doodles here and there sure you know you remember quite a few of that from high school. Oh, of course. Um, but it, I don't know. It's just always been a part of my life to just want to express myself through that specific medium. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, ever since I've known you, you've just I've, you've been like that friend of mine that I've always been like, yeah, he's an awesome artist. Anytime I've ever talked about art with anybody, I, you always get brought up or... <coughs> like anything with tattoos or like I get asked about my tattoo a lot and I'll bring up you and your artwork and stuff and um so now you are a pierce a body piercer up at the kitten flower boutique right mm-hmm. yep um I go back and forth between our Grand Rapids and our Kalamazoo location okay. um like what got you into piercing I guess and like when where did you start and like um well um, for me, a lot of that stuff started around like when I was 10, um, I got my first piercing. It was just like an earlobe piercing, worked all summer to get it done. Um, got it done with like piercing gun, probably wasn't the best way to do it, but you know, we've all been there. Um, and, uh, at that point, uh, my family was involved with a local tattoo studio, so I just kind of got a little bit of time in there, got introduced to that type of environment. <clears throat> and over time, it just kind of kind of stuck with me. I really got drawn into like the tattoo aspect of things, just being able to express myself visually again, but this time, you know, as an image on your body. Right. Um, so over the years, I kind of worked with that, designing tattoos for people, um, just kind of helping out here and there where I could. Uh, and then right around like college time, um, I moved to Grand Rapids, freshman year in college, you know, a lot of things change. <clears throat> I, I kept feeling like if I went the tattoo route, it would just it'd be too easy almost like I felt like I was really good working with those styles of mediums that just tattooing would be too close to like learning how to paint type thing. 
Um, so I would just, you know, get bored with it over time. And I wouldn't want to do that uh, just because we'd lose quality. And, you know, I want to do something that I can give 100% every time to that person because it's something that changes their body. Um, and then piercing came in into the light. And I got an opportunity to do my first piercing. I was extremely nervous about it. Um, I had sat down with the person. We talked in depth about, you know, everything that I knew at that point. Um, and, you know, just some risks that we could get into. I can imagine your first time. They're, like, sticking a needle through, like, somebody's flesh and stuff. You're like, what's going on here? Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't something I was, like, really into at the time. But, um, you know, we both agreed that, you know, we're going to do this. And, you know, what happened, happened. <laughs> uh, it went pretty smoothly. I will admit, I got pretty weak in the knees um afterwards i've never been one to try to hurt anybody or you know want to inflict any type of pain on anyone um but it was definitely a very different experience than anything i had ever done at that point <clears throat> it was um it was challenging like you know the concept of it seemed pretty simple but once you get down to it and you actually have to execute it there's there's a lot more you have to take into consideration um in order to you know not mess things up right when it comes to anything i mean you can think out a scenario when you go like in any sport or like in anything that people do you can think out something in your head but when you go to actually play it out in real life there's a lot more aspects that you might not have covered really oh yeah a lot more variables come up yeah so that's but that's awesome that's that's how you started piercing huh? yeah and um at that point, like, I felt very challenged by what had happened. Like, I felt like there was so much room for improvement, like, that I could literally spend, like, half a lifetime and still feel like I'm learning something new. I'm getting something new out of what I'm doing every day, which, you know, is what I feel everyone should try to shoot for. Like, you, you should feel challenged every day. You should feel like you have to continue to push yourself in order to get better like once you start to feel comfortable like that's where it kind of gets a little iffy you know um and at that point you know that's when i decided that piercing was where where i wanted to take my life like that was the that path was that i wanted to take yeah right that's where you were gonna head yeah that's that's awesome when you when you reach that moment in your life where you find where you want it to go and you actually be you're like okay this is what I want to do this is what I feel like I'm supposed to do here on this earth while I spend this time here I mean like everybody out there I think has like a certain thing that they're passionate about that they should do and a lot of them they don't go for it and they don't it just they get held back by so many things and you just gotta go you got that's what you gotta do man it makes you feel alive doing what you doing what you love we talked about that a little bit before mm -hmm. we started recording this so. It's just, that's what, that's what's important. You can't, life is just, it's, it's dull if you're just going out, doing the mundane daily things without doing something that you're passionate about. Like, you know, that you're piercing and you're involved in that atmosphere. You can do, you're doing something that you love and you enjoy. And it's just a lot different experience than somebody who's just working at some place that they hate just for a paycheck. You know, it's, that's awesome that you can do that, man. Yeah, and, like, 
I will admit it has had its ups and downs. Like I've been piercing for about four and a half years now in total. Um, I've worked at a couple different studios. Uh, some were local to my hometown. Um, I've worked up in Mount Pleasant and now I work in Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo. Um, and each step of the way, it's been getting a little bit better, but more like exponentially better. So like, you know, first studio, you're kind of just thrown into it. You're not really sure what's going on, but you know that this is like something that you really, really want to do, that this is like something you're passionate about. And, you know, at that point I was a sponge, just taking in all info, like anything I could. Um, that's uh, where, you know, I learned a lot of the ins and outs of piercing, you know, some of the consequences if things don't always go as planned. Um, and, you know, it was all a learning experience. It was all a challenge. And that was the challenge I was looking for that I felt was giving my life like a real meaning. Um, because, you know, I was there, I was helping people express themselves. I was trying to give them, you know, the safest procedure that I could give them. And, you know, in the end, they get to be themselves. Uh, over time, you know, it just got better and better. I changed things that just made it safer and smoother on, you know, their end. And, you know, a lot easier on my end, too. Um, so, you know, a lot of those those things just kind of come in time and come in experience. Um, but at this point, like just being able to make people happy, get them being them expressing themselves in the way that they want in a safe and clean environment. That's, you know, I look forward to that every day. Oh yeah. So when you, when you first started piercing, you started out in a shop that also was like tattoo oriented yes yeah and now you're working at a place that is just specific in piercing and jewelry and stuff and like there's got to be some different aspects in working in both those different environments like yeah what are, what are some of the main highlights you could say about that well the the big thing that i have always taken into consideration is that um tattooing and piercing although they're still shared in the overall like body modification communities um but they are two separate industries um there's definitely a lot of different aspects to tattooing that have to be taken into consideration that might not necessarily have to be taken in consideration for piercing and vice versa um as uh a big one um a lot of times like there's a lot of like backstock needs for piercing, whether it be like supplies or just quality body jewelry in, in general, um, that can have a much higher investment than um, say like a lot of tattoo studios. They don't really showcase jewelry as one of their main things because you know, they're, they wanna focus more on tattooing but they also want to appeal to um, other parts of the body modification communities, which is awesome. You know, it's good to get that connection between them because it just builds one whole community, but we still need to view it as like a separate entity at that point. Um, so being a piercing only studio, it allows us to focus entirely on what we're doing. So 
not only can we invest everything that we have in just this one thing, it's just going to end with uh, a better result for the client. Right, a better overall experience. Yeah. It's kind of like when, like, downtown of, like, any city like Greenville, we used to have, like, different shops, you know, that would specialize, like, there's the paint store, there's, like, the health store, there's the bike shop, there's, like, different things, and when you go to a store like that versus a store that has all of those things, like, something that they just specialize in, it's a better experience overall, and you usually can get better advice on just about anything, so even in, like, that industry, just being focused specifically on piercing, I could see how it would just be a better overall piercing experience than maybe you would get at some place that covers different things like tattoos and various other things as well. Yeah, and like, um, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really awesome studios that do offer both tattooing and piercing, but they've kind of found that line where they can still kind of coexist in the same environment but they're still treating it as two individual things so they have somebody and you know like a team that handles strictly all the piercing stuff um, making sure that you know all of those clients the people that are there for you know safe quality piercings are being taken care of but then they also have the tattooing side that handles all of the tattooing aspects of you know that overall community um, and, you know, I feel like for everyone that just gets a better experience, they're going to get the, like, best quality work that the respective industries have to offer because that's all those people are focusing on. Like, uh, a piercer is not worrying about, like, a tattoo that he has to do, you know, in two days or vice versa. The tattoo artist having to worry about a couple of piercings he has to do in a couple of days. Right. He's just, you know, thinking about you, making sure you end up with, you know, exactly what you want. That's awesome. Really cool, dude. Um, and the place that you're at now, they do like uh, custom jewelry and stuff, right? Like, what's the, what's all the deal with the jewelry and stuff? Well, um, Kittenflower, uh, we stock a lot of different jewelry options from a bunch of different companies, um, all of which are local to the U.S. Um, our gold line of jewelry is local to Michigan specifically. It's a company called Sleeping Goddess Jewelry. Um, it was started by the owner of the studio, Zach June. Um, and it's honestly, I would say one of my favorite lines, um, of jewelry that are out right now, just cause it, it focuses on like very, um, simplistic, like dainty designs. They're very elegant. They have a nice flow to them. Um, and they're very versatile. So they work for a bunch of different placements, you know, depending on the overall look people want. Um, it is pretty nice too. like uh, we have the ability to pick from, you know, pretty much any gemstone you can think of. We can even do like custom, custom designs if you want to help draw up a piece or, you know, create your own unique design compared to like. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different routes we can go with stuff like that. Um, it's all 14 karat gold and up from there, white gold, yellow gold, rose. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of room for, you know, getting what you want. Exactly. Uh, you're bringing up, like, the fact that all these different types of gold. Now, certain metals the body tends to reject more than others, or there's, like, isn't there different, you know, like, there's certain metals you don't want, you can't use in piercing. Yeah, like, um, there, there's definitely uh, a lot more materials that are going to cause our body more harm than good, um, which 
for something like body piercing, we definitely want to avoid. Um, ideally, we want to shoot for um, either an implant-grade designated material or a bio-inert material. Um, so both of which would be materials that have either been tested or are just known through, you know, very long history to work well inside our bodies. Okay. So uh, bio-inert things would be like um, glass or certain types of stone, mostly denser stones, um, 14 karat gold, 18 karat gold, uh, niobium, which is a pure element. Um, that's a bio-inert material as well. Um, and then, you know, we have permanent implant-grade titanium. We have implant-grade steel. Uh, those would be things that we would more commonly see in, like, the medical field for, right. like, uh, plates, pins, rods, screws. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, those actually meet in AS, uh, ASTM implant-grade designation. Um, so there's a lot of studies and tests that have been done on those pieces that show that it is biocompatible um, and it's just not going to have any like really nasty side effects being in our body long term. Right. You can be confident that you shouldn't have Yeah, yeah. It's not going to turn you funny colors. It's not going to turn funny colors. Um, and realistically, you could have it in for life. And Like what's all the – like what's – yeah, what's, what, what could happen if you have, like, a bad metal? Or, like, if someone uses, like, really, really cheap jewelry, like, what's some of the stuff well, that can happen to people? As well as, like, materials playing a factor, we also need to look at the actual, like, craftsmanship of the piece. So uh, material-wise, like, lesser non-biocompatible materials um, just won't cope well being inside the body because um, naturally we're not supposed to have a foreign object in there. Right. Um, so the body first has to identify what it is. Like, what did we just do to it? What did we just put in it? Um, if it's uh, just not really good metal uh, or material in general, whether it's metal or not, uh, the body's going to see it as a threat and try to either break it down, um, which like a lot of plastics tend to break down inside our bodies, um, or it's going to try to push it out which is going to cause like migration and just the body's just going to not have it in there anymore right, um yeah that way it's happy it can finish up healing you know the wound that was inflicted on it um but if we have something that the body doesn't see as a threat like uh, implant grade titanium for example um as long as uh, the anatomy was suitable for the piercing and you know everything was sized appropriately the body's not going to see any reason that that piece shouldn't be there so it's going to just kind of go through its normal healing stuff um sometimes there can be some hiccups along the way like if if it gets bumped or snagged pretty hard or you know if you go swimming too soon stuff like that um but for the most part like if we take into consideration those factors the body doesn't really see it as, you know, as big of a deal. Okay, yeah. So that's definitely something like, so when you're when you're paying more for like a better quality jewelry that you know is a good metal, it, it's it's you're not just paying for something that's shinier or like a better design. It's definitely you want to probably invest in making sure you're getting something good, right? Well, um. To kind of touch base on that as well, like I mentioned, uh, the craftsmanship of the jewelry does play a pretty big role as well. Um, 
a lot of times, even if it's really good material, so let's say it is implant grade material, but it's not really like machined properly or polished properly. Like uh, what we want to shoot for is a mirror polished finish uh, free of any burrs, nicks, or any like sharp edges in this jewelry because you know we're putting it into an open wound and we need to make sure it's not going to cause you damage either being in there taking it in and out or just you know any type of interaction that you're having with that piece we want to make sure it's going to be ideal for you um so uh, there's definitely a lot of a lot of back and forth um there's a lot of companies that don't strive for the best quality craftsmanship but then there's also a lot of companies that are like shooting for the stars and they're doing very well at it right. so there are a lot of really awesome companies um they offer a very wide range of jewelry for literally anything earlobes nose piercings oral piercings you know anything you that, can think of that's bringing up another question so like what is the different like there's different like you know for a lip ring versus a nose ring or like for an eyebrow or what it like what's like like as in like the styles for them the styles and like is it like the size different or like what's the there, is there difference yeah that? there's there's a lot of variables that come into play like um everyone comes in different shapes and sizes so like um length of jewelry for fresh piercings can always vary some people swell a lot some people don't swell at all some people the say like their earlobe is much thicker than you know the first three people that came in that day um there's a lot of different like sizing ideals we have to go through to figure out what's going to be the best option to start someone with um so we'll kind of work with you figure out what's going to suit you best for like your lifestyle, your, you know, anatomy for whatever we're piercing. We want to make sure it's going to give you the best possible experience that we can offer. Um, but like there's a bunch of different styles depending on what exactly you're going for. So like Justin lip piercings, there's like four different, if not five different styles of jewelry that we can put in there. Some are going to be, you know, good to start with, some not so good to start with, but there are a lot of options um, for, like, once everything's healed up. Like, literally, the sky is the limit. You can design your own stuff. You can build jewelry components to, like, connect multiple piercings, like, literally anything you want to do. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, and I just, I didn't realize, like, how much there was into, like, whole picking out like the piece of jewelry making sure that it like you said it was free of burrs and everything i didn't realize like all of the care and everything that really goes into this and i mean it makes sense now that we think about it but it's not just something that like comes to mind when i think about like the art of piercing and doing that and um what what could happen if it if there was something wrong with it or it is poor quality metals um and i, I don't know if that many people out there are that aware of what all goes into it and what it all entails there and like the different factors that you were bringing up like you said um what is like the most popular piercing well i would say um it's hard to narrow it down to like the number one i could definitely do like a top three um i would definitely say earlobes just like you know your standard lobe could be like higher up on the earlobe you know anything like that uh nostril piercing 
side of the nose, cute on everyone, like literally everyone. Um, and then more recently, uh, it's been kind of a tie between um, like uh, helix or upper ear piercings mm-hmm. or uh, a doth piercing. Okay. It, does now does that seem to like come in trends? Like, does a lot do a lot of people come in for like the same piercing around like the same time or something? Because like you just said, like the one ear piercing you like seems to be really popular lately. Or whatever. Yeah. Um. There's definitely like some waves for certain piercings. I'd say like earlobes and nostrils are pretty straight across the board. Like those are always going to be like really awesome ones people come in for. There's a lot of options for them. Um. But like um, I know. For a while, doth piercings were, like, super popular. Yeah, I was going to explain that. I kind of cut you off. Yeah, there's, um, I don't know. There was some viral stuff that went out about them. i really not going to get into any of that stuff. But um, it caused them to, like, get super, super popular because um, there was this connotation that they would help with something. And, you know, there's just really nothing that really backs it up in a solid way. Um so like you know because of that i we did a lot of them like probably 20 or so a week um yeah it it was intense for a while um but then you know just as quickly as it picked up it kind of died back down um so you know we still get them pretty frequently but definitely not as much as when you know these things were still happening it's like a trending thing kind of oh yeah definitely um and even like during summertime uh a lot of times, a little bit before that, uh, navel piercings become a big one. You know, people go to the beach. They want to, you know, show something off while they're at the beach. So, you know, different times of years also instill, like, different trends in piercings. So, you know, there's a lot of things to take into consideration for that. That's good, dude. Um, let's see. I had a couple other questions I was going to ask you here. What was it? Um, like, in piercing people, like, that you've done so far um what's the craziest thing that's happened like i mean has there been like like a blood gusher out of something i don't know most piercings probably don't really bleed a lot or like what's like probably what's just something crazy that's happened to you while you were piercing and you were just like what in the world is going on here that's actually a good question there's definitely a lot of uh really interesting things that have happened um i wouldn't really say that i've had too many like nightmarish stories or anything like that no um but there is always one that sticks out to me it was um a little bit earlier in my career uh this like really sweet old lady she was like 63 um she came in, she just wanted her nose pierced. And I was like, sweet, like, this is super cool. Like, I love it when some of the older generations come in, you know, they finally get to live out that dream they've always wanted. Um, she just picked out, you know, a little clear CZ gem, nothing super crazy or blingy. Uh, we did the piercing, went super smooth. Uh, she was stoked afterwards. You know, I was getting everything cleaned up, and then I looked back over to her, and she was crying. And I have, naturally, at first, I was, like, really concerned. I thought maybe she was, like, in a lot of discomfort or a lot of pain or anything like that, and I asked her if she was okay. And she said that she was, but um, she just, like, needed a moment. And so, you know, I gave, gave her her moment, and then she came up to me, and she explained that um, two years prior, 
she was planning on going in and um, getting her nose pierced with her sister, who, like, it was her twin, so they were the same age. Um, and it was something that they had talked about for a while, so, like, it was a big deal. But her sister ended up passing away. And so, you know, it was really hard for her to still go through with that, you know, when it had been planned for so long with someone that she cared so much about. Um, and so, like, she finally got up the courage to go through and do it. And she, like, was so, like, brought back by the experience that, like, she was just in tears. And, like, it was honestly probably one of the best experiences I've ever had the honor of like being a part of like I was super stoked that I was able to give her that experience and kind of bring her that like closure in her life so um there's um yeah there's definitely been some like pretty intense moments and that is like not what I had in mind but it's a lot better when oh yeah but that's what it's all about like you just you help someone get through something that was hard in a way I mean maybe it, it doesn't really seem like it did much but I think it, I can tell by the way you talk about it it meant something to you and it's just that's what that's what this life's all about is just making mm-hmm. moments like that I think and just like that's when we feel the most alive like me and you were talking and like where I work I've had this couple come in and they ask me different like health and fitness advice and I've been helping them out with some recipes and what to pick out for different things and uh they've been nothing but grateful and just awesome people they loving it and they keep coming back and just like the joy that i uh see in their faces and just what it makes me feel it's just awesome that's when i feel the most alive that's what it's all about yeah and you know you want to live a life where you feel alive every day like that's the point of living like do what you love be passionate about it and share that passion with the world right like i am uh you know, I'm passionate about health and fitness, so whenever I can help anybody with that and I can tell it makes a difference in their lives, that's awesome. And you're passionate about what you do, and you help people in different ways that I'm sure you would have never imagined being able to help, like, that woman there. With oh, yeah, definitely. Through. You probably would have never thought that would have been something that you'd experience as a piercer. Um, you you did a body suspension, correct? Like, not sure. How, when was this? How long ago was this? I just saw um, this picture on your... On your Facebook here. Uh, I'd say it was about two months ago or so, roughly about that time frame. Um, It was my first one. I was extremely nervous for it, but uh, extremely excited at the same time. So there was definitely some back and forth feelings, but overall, like, awesome experience. Like, great. And for people, I mean, most people probably know what a body suspension is by now, but, like, if, if, if anyone's listening that doesn't really know, this is where, like, you are suspended by, like, these hooks that they, like, pierce in your back, right? Like, what is, like, you showed me this video. This is some crazy stuff. Well, there, there's a, a bunch of different ways you can do a suspension. Uh, more traditionally, you'll see them, like, in, like, shoulder placements, um, you can do like chest and stomach placements. You can even put a couple hooks in like some legs and arms. It just kind of depends on uh, what kind of experience you want to get out of it. Each each position, I feel, is going to give the the suspendee uh, a different experience. So like um, 
I've only done what's traditionally known as like a suicide suspension. Uh, it's just two hooks, one in each shoulder. Um, it was a lot more comfortable than I expected it to be. Comfortable. That just yeah. Um, it's definitely a lot to wrap your mind around, but I would say like once you're actually like up there, it's way more comfortable to be like moving around. Even if you don't feel like you can move a whole bunch, like just the swaying back and forth is like, it's really hard to describe. It's, it's almost kind of like a very relaxing pressure. If that makes sense to anybody. Um, but like when I felt like I wasn't moving, it just felt really like tight and pinchy almost. So, you know, just kind of having that nice sway was, it felt like, you know, everything was at ease. Yeah. It was, it, it was fun. Dude, the video's crazy. You're like swinging around from this thing, hanging from the ceiling. And it's just, it was nuts. Like I can't even imagine doing something like that, putting that through my life. I'm too much of a chicken, I guess. I don't know. It had to be kind of scary. But you said you told now what you told me is you were really focused. You your eyes were closed. You were just focused on your breathing. Like yeah, what what's going through your head and your mind when you're getting ready to do this? Well, like uh, the actual like piercing portion of it, where we have um, you know the whole like rig set up for it. Um, and that goes pretty much the same as any piercing would like it pinches it's kind of annoying at the end of it but like it's pretty smooth and quick so you know it's not something that gets dragged on um it's the being actually lifted up that i feel for me felt like the longest thing in the world like it just felt like it took forever um but you know like i mentioned to you earlier being 23 having learned about gravity and known about gravity for 23 years it's really hard to wrap your mind around the concept of lifting both of your legs up at the same time like that was by far the most difficult thing i've had to like wrap my mind around um it definitely took a minute and i did have the help of this lovely little lady dd um she helped me go up on my first suspension uh, we just kind of swayed back and forth for a little bit here. You know, each time I was just taking another step up, I'd lift my leg a little bit as I went just to kind of get that feeling of being lifted up. And then after a couple times back and forth, I finally was like, okay, this has to be it. This is, I got to do it. Like, I trust everyone here. Like, I know everything's going to be perfect. And I got, like, brought up brought both my legs up at the same time and then it was just it felt like I was floating there for a minute like it, there was no pain there was no honestly there was no pressure or anything it was just like I felt my heart speed up a little bit my breathing got a little bit heavier but I felt very very relaxed and it was insane it was not what I expected at all yeah man and it, to me it, that seems crazy to be able to be relaxed in that but that I guess, you know, after you get through it and you get up there and you're, it's like there's probably a sense of relief over you after you're kinda, you kind of, you get up off the ground and you fucking did it and you're like, oh man, I'm here. And, and just having like the, like I didn't really swing around a whole lot compared to, you know, some of the other people that were there. Like it, it got pretty, pretty crazy there for a minute. Um, but 
I don't know. It was it was a feeling I had never felt before, like to have that much motion and free range, but not be restricted by gravity. Like I wasn't relying on my legs or my foothold on the earth anymore. I was relying on my own body and what my body could provide for me. Like I was literally hanging on by my own skin. That was the only thing keeping me safe. The only thing holding me like to anything. Every time I like was watch, every time I've seen it, pictures of that or looking at you doing it or anybody doing that and watching the video, I think it's like, it's gotta be like a mind over matter thing. Definitely, like you know, walking out the hot coals or just like that sort of thing, like you're or like laying on a bed of nails. On a bed of yeah. nails, you know, like yeah, man, like you, you are, you're using, you're you're putting your mind in a state where you can do things to your body that most people wouldn't wouldn't be able to do because first off they wouldn't think they could do it. You know, it's like yeah, and like I'm very proud of myself for where I was able to take it. Um, cause like I said, I was extremely nervous. Like I had no clue how this was going to go. I didn't know if it was going to go well, go, you know, horribly wrong or what I was just, you know, believing in the people that I was with and believing in myself. But like, there were, I think four of us that went up for our first times. And like, I am super proud of everyone that was there. Even, you know, some of the people that came with the suspension crew, like Morgan, I am so proud of him. Like, uh, he's been trying to do this suspension a couple of times. It's called a lotus position. So it had a, a single hook in the center of his back uh, and then a hook in each knee. Um, and so, you know, you're sitting cross-legged and then you're being lifted up. So it's a little bit more, like quite a bit more difficult than, you know, kind of walking yourself up. Um, so you have to kind of trust in everyone else and yourself quite a bit more. Um, but he was able to go up, he even got some movement and spinning in there. Like I got some video of it. Like it was spinning around too and moving. Dude, it was, it was great. Just hanging from this stuff. They're like swinging around and moving. And like, I'm going to try to get some of these videos up on my page and, uh, so you guys can go link off to it and check it out or whatever. Oh yeah. It was a great experience for everyone. Yeah. That's just insane, dude. But yeah, it's, it's like a mind over matter thing. And that is key in most things in life is like the mental aspect of it and like especially with like health and fitness and being able to start working out and getting in that mindset of doing that you you have to be mentally strong and i think in working out it doesn't just build your physical muscles it's like a mental muscle and builds the will because there's a lot of days where it's like you wake up and no you know i don't really feel like going to the gym today i don't really want to go run i don't really want to do that and if if you actually push yourself and make yourself go do it not only do you feel better afterwards and not only are you getting physical exercise but you're gaining that ability to like force yourself to do something you don't think you can do and then the next time you go to do it you know that you can force yourself to do that because you've done it before it's a little bit easier and you go and do it again and you build that will, you build that mindset, and you can use that, and it can help you in, like, so many different aspects of life. So, like, the mental part of 
anything is key. I'm starting to learn. Like, it's just crazy, like, how much goes in, how much the mind goes into a lot of stuff. But to me, that has to be a big mental thing. Like, that, for me, that would be the biggest. Having somebody pierce my back with these things and, like, have me hang up and then let alone fucking swing around and, like, kick at the walls and lights and shit like you guys were doing in this video. That's, like, that's insane, dude. You guys have to be in, like, a different state of mind, an altered state of mind almost, to be able to get up there and do that. It's, like, it's... There's definitely a sense of euphoria to it. Like, um, you get that adrenaline rush going, and, you know, you're just like, whoa, like, this is, this is actually happening. Like, I am, like just kind of coming to terms with what exactly was happening. Cause like you can watch it and be like, Oh, like that's, that's intense. They're like, they're swinging around like that. But you know, when you're the person that's up there, it's just like, Whoa, I'm swinging around up there. Like, it's like, this is actually happening. Like this is, this is reality. Yeah. Like it doesn't get more real than that. Like you're just, ex and, I think this might be the first time I've used this, but like, I feel like that is like a true human experience. Like you, like there's a sense of security to it, but there's also a sense of like, things can always go wrong. Like, doesn't matter what it is. There's small little chance it can always go wrong. Um, but like, you're just every, all that's outweighed by like the excitement that you're having because you're, you're doing something that, not a lot of people have done like granted there's a lot of people that have done this but on the grand scheme of you know the world like it's a pretty small percentage right like this this is living like doing something this extreme pushing your body to that limit like yeah it's got to be flooding your brain with like all kinds of like serotonin dopamine who knows adrenaline's going like you are just and at that moment you have to be just fucking feeling alive man i can't even imagine that's crazy it's like taking the fucking when you're on like a roller coaster go real fast up with that like that crazy alive feeling probably multiply it by like a thousand or like oh, 10 roller coasters 10 roller, <laughs> 10 roller coasters yeah that's insane dude. it's like, actually crazy i would rather do another suspension than get on a roller coaster yeah probably safer right no. i don't know i don't know i roller coasters have never been my thing no some of them look pretty rickety man i don't trust i don't it's not well i don't trust people and people build roller coasters and people maintain roller coasters and run them and but you need to trust people for a suspension though because it's yeah. the it's the crew that keeps you safe right um because you know i shouldn't say that i don't trust people. yeah I trust some people but just like gotta get the right people at the, at the freaking like you know okay maybe like a park like disneyland or something i might be okay with but like the little like carnival things that like you, the, your like, local flea market carnival like that stuff like the ferris wheel thing and like some of the other shit that they got that like you're up off the ground ways and stuff but they're like traveling all over with that they're packing that shit up they're putting it back up they're like packing up taking it to the next town putting it back up and it's like uh, maybe they were in a hurry this time. Maybe they yeah, maybe they forgot a piece. Maybe this hinge wore out a little too much and they decided not to replace it yet. You never fucking know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't trust that shit. Um, but yeah, you you had a whole crew. You, you said there was a suspension crew. So like this is like a whole like team process to do this. Yeah. Th what are they all there doing and what's the purpose for... Well, um the there's like a suspension community so it's kind of like um 
like the piercing community, tattoo community, the suspension community is kind of like, yeah, it's their own like specialty thing. So like they're focused solely on like doing this stuff. So like that's what makes them awesome at it. Like it's perfect. Um, but uh, the crew that came out was from Iowa. Um, it was awesome. They're good buddies with a couple of my coworkers. Um, it was a great experience on everyone's end. We had a lot of fun. Everybody learned something from it, which is, you know, what I always shoot for. Um, but, uh, ideally there's, you know, at least like three or four people I would say would be like a good number to have like a nice smooth running, you know, crew. Um, there's someone like Dee Dee through hooks for everyone. So, you know, she was one of the people that were actually like piercing and putting the hooks in and all the equipment in. Um, Morgan helped get the, uh, the actual like rig hooked up and tied off. So he was the one that was making sure everything was secure. Um, so that way, once you're pulled up, you didn't have to worry about a knot coming loose. And then, you know, your health and safety is put at risk at that point. So, you know, there's a lot of steps that have to be met. You're really relying on all these people when you're doing oh, yeah. this, aren't you? And then, like, um, there was a couple people that were involved with actually, like, holding the rig and, like, getting us suspended and lifted, um, which, you know, when it comes down to it, like, they're one of the big players right there. They're the ones that are in control of what happens to that person, up, like, when they're up there. Right. Um, so uh, Sarah and Mark were the ones that helped us out with that. They were, you know, awesome they had a lot of fun doing it too we all did um and then we had uh one of my personal favorite jobs i got to do it a couple of times i got to be bio hands hands. yeah so um i was in charge of any like bio cleanup that happened during a suspension so if say um one side got pulled on a little bit too much and you know it started to dribble a little bit i would be the one in charge of like making sure that got cleaned up and no like uh biocontaminants or blood got anywhere that it shouldn't um because then it could pose a health and safety risk for everyone else there a lot of people are probably looking at that and thinking oh my god there's all kinds of health and safety risks and they really don't realize that all you guys are like really taking this into consideration oh yeah we (laughs) we went through so many supplies to you know keep everybody safe and make sure you know nothing got contaminated um we didn't have any uh any mishaps which is awesome. Nobody got hurt, um, which, you know, always makes for a good day. Uh, But yeah, you know, if we can make it safe, that's what we want to shoot for. Like we don't want people to be putting themselves at risk. Like we're all about helping people express themselves and do what they need to do to make themselves feel alive when it comes to like body piercing and stuff like that. But we also need to make sure that it's going to be safe for them and not put them in a position where their own, you know, security is going to be compromised. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's awesome that you guys do that. I'm sure, like, I mean, probably the first time I saw that, I wasn't thinking that you guys were making sure that that's all, like, that safe and stuff. Well, not you in particular but the first time i've ever seen a Mm. like a suspension you know it's like oh my god you don't really realize that they're really making sure that everything isn't nothing's gonna contaminated and they're really looking at like the health aspects of all the stuff that's going down oh yeah the the crew that came out was really on point with all that stuff and then like 
when you're doing piercings and stuff, there's a lot. It, like, there's probably some different things that you have to make sure that that you're not contaminating, right? Like, uh, what, what what's that process like? Well, um, you know, it is gonna vary a little bit from studio to studio. There's uh, definitely uh, several accepted methods as far as like um, technique goes for performing piercings in like a safe manner. Um, we do more of like an aseptic technique. So it's like a um, sterile to sterile type thing. We're not using like non-sterile with sterile utensils, stuff like that. Um, and that way we can ensure we're not accidentally sneaking something in there. So like um, we have a um, an autoclave. It's a statum. It's like a I would say a souked up like old school autoclave. So, you know, old school autoclaves will usually take like 40, 45 minutes to run a cycle. Um, a lot of times those won't always like sterilize hollow instruments. Um, yeah, autoclave, that's like what all the stuff's sitting in. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's like the big machine um, that we put, you know, all the tools, jewelry, everything that we're going to be using for the piercing in. So that way we can make sure there's no microorganisms on the jewelry on the surface of anything so what exactly is that thing doing it's just it's killing all the bacteria yeah so um the one that we have it's called a statum it's uh instead of sterilizing in like 45 minutes it sterilizes in about like six seven minutes oh, wow. um so it yeah it works perfect for like high volume studios that like to like showcase a lot of their jewelry because then we can just take stuff from the display sterilize it beforehand and it's good to go um with that ours uh, can also sterilize lumens which would be like hollow instruments so like literally everything we use is getting like a nice like really intense like deep cleaning so to speak oh, nice. um that way you know our piercing utensils jewelry any components we'll need for each individual piercing is going to be as safe as we can humanly get it um you guys really seem to be covering all the base area like every corner of this i mean you really take a lot into consideration and make sure it's really clean and good quality and that's awesome yeah and um this is actually one of the only studios I've worked at other than uh, my previous studio for a little bit where we use uh, sterile gloves. So, like, each of our gloves that we use for the actual, like, piercing is uh, prepackaged, individually sealed. Um, well, it, it's, like a, it's like a sealed package that uh, folds open. And then, like the inner, all the inner contents are sterile. Um, like the cuffs of the gloves are f rolled up, so that way, when we touch it, we're only touching the inside you of the glove. Always, like I get these really sweet blue gloves. Awesome, like lavender mask. It's oh yeah, dude. It's like a dream job. Like, okay, man. Oh yeah, but Going under the knife. Watch out. No. Oh yeah, and like you know, um, it's really cool too, cause you know some of the earlier studios I worked at, um. I didn't know that much about like aseptic technique, so I couldn't really apply it to its fullest capacity. So like when we do a piercing now, we work within what's called the sterile field. So like we would lay down a sterile gauze or some form of sterile barrier um, over our workspace. So you know, yeah. Yeah. 
um that way we can just ensure like hairs aren't going to get in there um there's like oils on hairs that can you know sneak into piercings cause some guff on your end you know we want to make sure nothing's going to sneak in there while we're doing your piercing um we also want to make sure that like just by you know handling different things we're not transferring anything over whether it's on a tool or on your jewelry like we just want to make sure you have like literally the best start to this healing opportunity as you can possibly get. Cause you know, if we get a good start in a majority of cases, everything's going to heal up like quickly and easily on your end. Awesome dude. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about tattoos. You don't do tattoos. You, you're mostly specialized in piercings and stuff, but you've been around a lot of the shops and you, you worked at shops that also did tattoos and stuff as well. What's like the craziest tattoo that's come in that someone's got covered up and like, did it like turn out good after like, what, like what's like something that was like, Oh my God, I can't believe that turned into that. Well, um, I've got a couple. So the first one would be like the craziest thing that's come in. And like, it's not going to seem like the craziest thing, but if you really think about what it is, like it's a no brainer kind of deal. Um, it was when I worked in Mount Pleasant, I just, you know, it'd been a typical day, not a whole lot of foot traffic, but this, you know, dude came in, he wanted to get a tattoo on his neck. Sweet. You want to get a tattoo on your neck? Uh, he wanted it to be a name. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, people get their like daughter's name or son's name or, you know, like a uh, passed away family member or something like that. But, um, he wanted to get his fiance's name. I'm not really, like, super keen on, like, getting, like, partners' names on me. Um, Like, I don't know. If you're, like, together for an extremely long period of time, like, uh, 50% of your life or more, and you're, like, in your 50s, maybe, you know, but I try to stay away from that. Uh, But he was adamant about it. So, you know, one of the artists did the tattoo – looked super clean like it was awesome really nice script like it was an awesome tattoo uh he left a couple days went by um he came back like after the weekend was over and he needed to have it covered up because his fiance broke up with him oh my god over the weekend yep because he got her name tattooed on on him oh wow because he got the tattoo yeah she she broke off everything like they were no longer together um so he needed the tattoo covered up oh my god that is crazy yeah i can't really remember what he got it covered up with but like that just always like stuck in my brain like don't get somebody's name on you unless like they're a family member or like they're your kid or something i don't know just not like relationships no yeah that's that's just that's a bad idea every time i see that i go uh uh-oh like you better hope that you guys are together or you could find someone with that same name that you yeah. like, hook it up <laughs> that you're again. cool with. But you're like, okay, we'll, we'll reuse the tattoo. You got to recycle, man. Yeah. Like I've seen some really cool cover-up ideas where like they do like a void stamp over it. I always thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> oh um I've also seen like a, a classic like list cross off, so they'll like cross oh, off with red dude. and put the next name underneath, oh. <laughs> which I think is just 
asking for trouble at that point. But, um, yeah, people do some crazy stuff. But, you know, I guess that's part of the experience. You know, you do you. If that makes you feel alive, like, that's totally on you. Like, you know, if you don't like it, you can get covered up. Right. We got, like, laser removal now. Uh, that's a thing. You could always, you know, look into that. Dude, we live in the future. Yeah. Hey, man, like, Mech yeah. suits. You don't got to worry about it. You can fucking remove it, if you, I guess. Yeah. Don't leave that shit on your deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mech suits. Dude, we were talking about that before we started recording. What? What was that all about again? You had me thinking like Iron Man, like fucking RoboCop, like fucking. Well, I, I, I'm not like personally like really informed about them. Uh, one of my coworkers uh, has quite a bit more experience than I do, but they're like, it's like almost a simulation type deal. Uh, not like an Iron Man suit kind of thing, more like a bulkier, like a. Maybe like a more smaller, compact, like walker, like from Star Wars type thing. Okay. Yeah, so you know, like you're in this little like cab. It's got like missiles and stuff on the side, and then two legs, and you can like pivot and stuff. Um, it sounds really cool. Like there's a few of them in Granville, and apparently it's just a couple bucks per game, and like there's I think like eight, so you can get like a group of people and actually like battle each other. In these machines. Yeah. Like, like, it's like a simulation. So, like, you have the the suit, and it goes in. There's all the controls around it. And from what I hear, it's pretty thorough controls. So, like, you can actually operate every piece of, like, what this mech suit could do if it was, like, an actual functioning mech suit type thing. Uh, And then it has, like, a screen in there where you're in this virtual world with the other mech suits, and you have to fight each other. So, like... You get to, like, run around this virtual world and, like, shoot at each other. And you get, like, a score readout at the end with all your stats. Uh, It looks so much fun. Oh, my God, dude. That's crazy. The future. Dude, yeah, this is the strangest life we've ever known, man. I'm telling you. This is is some strange shit. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 2017, pretty strange. Oh, God. Dude, Trump's the fucking president. It's strange. I'm not saying he's good or bad or what. You can fill in the blank yourself, but it's just... It's It's something. That's something. He's out there fucking apprentice firing motherfuckers, and now he's in the... White, White House fire and motherfuckers. Like, do you think he does it just like he does on the he did on the Apprentice? No, I don't. I don't know. I, I he's like sitting in there eating a Trump steak and he has him come in the office and he's like, right. I don't. I don't know. It was under my under, understanding he couldn't like deal with a lot of like the trademark Trump stuff. And I thought the whole like you're fired was trademark. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know, dude. I don't. I don't know. What, who knows? Who knows? And plus, you tell that guy he can't do something, and he goes, "Really? Watch me." Yeah, he's the president. <laughs> he's the kind of guy that no, nah, he don't get no fuck. Yeah. Um, no, dude. Yeah, it's strange times, dude. That virtual reality shit's getting real. Like that fucking like Google glasses and shit they got. Is it a Google Glass? What? I don't know what it is. You have you seen? What they got? I've seen like some like Microsoft tidbits app. of it. Like maybe it was the Microsoft one I'm thinking of. There was some video of something like that. It's like one of these big companies. They have their version of their virtual reality glasses or goggles or whatever. They put them on, and they like you can see through them. So you like see the room like we're looking at it right now. But they can like put like a virtual picture up on the wall and like a calendar over there. Whoa. They can put like oh a 
called. They want to play a video. They look up a video on you. And it just like, plays on the wall. Yeah, and you can stretch the fucker out and like put it up on the wall. You want a 32 inch TV right there, bang, and just like all this stuff. They were doing. There was this gnarly video. It was, it was crazy, dude. Like, we we live in the fucking future, man. Uh, Still waiting for the floating cars. Yeah. Still well, waiting. They, they just started giving them too much test. I think. Yeah. I'm sh- I'm sure they're out there somewhere. You think Tesla's working on over there? That fucking Elon Musk running that. They're doing all kinds of crazy shit. He's trying to get into space and all kinds of stuff. He's probably got his own hover car. I wouldn't That's doubt the it. Thing. All these rich guys probably got hover cars and they're just keeping them to themselves. They don't want to share it with the They'll get bored of them someday and then they'll just be like, oh, hey, here's some hover cars for you guys. They run on air. <laughs> they pay nothing for that shit. They're like, you guys are still using oil? Fuck around. We own the oil. How are you that's how they afford their air-powered cars. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how the world works. Yep. No. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? Air-powered um, cars. No, but on the website for the podcast, I have a section for strange news, and I'm putting all kinds of stuff, like different weird things that are going on in this world, like kind of like the stuff we're talking about, virtual reality and shit. In uh, Dubai, India, just like, man, it was like a few weeks back, they just released the first police robot to patrol the streets, and you can even, like, pay your fucking parking ticket at this robot. You go up to you can report a crime. You can, like, stick your credit card in his I'm chest. Being, I'm being stabbed. <laughs> you can report your crime on the touch screen at his chest. <laughs> I'm being stabbed. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's a very extreme. <laughs> you can pay your parking ticket at it and stuff. They said by the year 2030, they're actually going to have, like, 20% of their police force that is supposed to be robots that is just nuts, man. The wave of the future. the future. It's a little scary. The future, dude. And then in Australia, they got self-driving cars trucking around like big semis. It's just, it's nuts, dude. Like, self-driving cars. They're like bullet bobs at that point. They just go in one direction. And honestly, like, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, and some people aren't, they, they feel like they're scared of the self-driving cars, and they're kind of worried about more accidents. I'm honestly thinking... I trust the robots more, almost. Like, you ever seen the movie Maximum Overdrive? The vehicles come to life, and that's just the end of it. Oh, no. Yeah, we're, we're headed the wrong way. <laughs> we should have learned from the Australia, movie. what are you doing? No. No, but the scary part of that, really, man, uh, they're doing that over there. That's eventually going to come over here. And mm-hmm. like, the second most popular job among males in the United States is truck driving. So once the robots start taking over the truck driving, what are all those guys going to do? Then they got robots that can be police officers. They can have robot. Eventually, robots are gonna do fucking everything, man. Like they're gonna take over like every aspect of like everything we do for work. So what are people gonna do for work? I re- I really like this keeps getting brought up. You know, like the virtual reality stuff makes me think about this article about this police RoboCop thing that they're deploying. Just the, the advancements in all kinds of technology. The self-driving cars. It's just like. This is escalating really fast, and it's going in a way where it's going to take over just about every aspect of our lives. And I, I think we're going to end up having to change, like, the way we do everything. Like, if if nobody has a job in order to work to make money, how are they going to be able to pay their bills and live and buy food and do things? We're almost going to have to go away from, like, a monetary system or... They have like the idea of what it what is where they just they 
pay everybody a certain amount of money. What the hell? I can't think of the... Would it be like kind of like a faction kind of deal? No, it's just that everybody just you not you don't have a job, but you're just all getting universal basic income or something like that. Yes, that's like the, that's the term I was trying to pull. From. Okay, I'm fucking tired here. I don't have enough caffeine today. It's been a long day. Anyway, <laughs> universal basic income across the board. They give everybody say just like two like a thousand dollars every whatever every so often. You know, that's like the money that you have to spend to buy your food and do all this stuff and like, but. And a lot of people like the idea of that, like the government supplying everybody money and everything to be able to live and do that. And obviously, the robots and stuff are the ones who are going to be making the things to make the money, and then people are making So that's where money's going to come from. And people mm-hmm. are like, oh, who's going to be working to make the money to give these fuckers or whatever? That's the immediate thought a lot of people are thinking. But if the robots take over, they're going to be the ones making the money for people. So the universal basic income idea in that aspect might not be as crazy but it's almost like you have to like what are you gonna do i just i don't i don't see where it's gonna go but the the thing i hear about the universal basic income it's even brought up without like this whole robot aspect and everything and a lot of people think it would be a good idea because if you didn't have to go and work at this place that you that you normally wouldn't go to that you don't really like most people like you're obviously doing something you enjoy so you're not grouped into this category but a lot of people i know they're going to this job just working for money to support their family to pay for food to pay for these bills and they're doing this thing that they normally would not do and if there was a universal basic income where they didn't have to go do that a lot of people are saying like even smart people i'm listening to these podcasts that are talking about how they think people might have the opportunity to be more creative or go for the things that they're really passionate about. If, if you didn't have to go work this job flipping burgers or whatever you're doing, and you say it's like a musician or somebody who plays guitar, then he can focus all of his time on playing guitar and doing that and being really good at his craft and really honing it. But then there's also the counter argument that a lot of people are lazy and then they're just going to sit around and do nothing that's going to be even worse. So, like, I can see it going two ways. Like, I can see it going to almost, like, this, like, peaceful, like, utopian future where the machines are, like, doing everything for us and we can focus on, like, the things we enjoy in life and, like, people are more creative and it's good. And then I can also see it going in a way where people are just lazy as fuck and just sitting around doing nothing, watching watching reruns of I Love Lucy on TV. Like Wally. Yeah, dude. Yep, floating around everywhere. You don't know. I mean, like, and it's hard because there are a lot of people out there who probably, who probably would do that. But it, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. I just I don't see it going any other way. With like, if robots are taking over shit, I don't know what we're gonna do. Can either go horribly right or horribly wrong. <laughs> dude, we're we're doing that, and then. Now I live out here where, where I live, uh, there's a lot of Amish. It's a big Amish community. I've never really been around Amish people a whole lot. And that's just like a whole different life, man. You like almost feel like you're going in a time machine. Like I go by, like they have these farms and they're out there plowing the fields with these fucking giant Clydesdale horses on like this old school plow with these big metal blades going into the earth. And it's like this one Amish dude with like six or eight of these giant fucking horses plowing just doing like this huge field and it's like it almost just like you feel like you were at the DeLorean and you went back man or 
or something. Like, what the fuck? What is going on? It's pretty crazy. It, it, it just, it's amazing that they have their way of life and they, like, coexist with ours peacefully. And it's just, it's kind of interesting to see how, like, those, the how they can live their lives and we live ours so differently. And it, I, I really feel like their lives, though, might end up being more peaceful because we've created a lot of, like, artificial things that give us stress like you know they don't have electricity they don't have the cable bill they don't have their cell phone bill they don't have and we are all stressed out about that shit we are so stressed out about all this shit that isn't even like real you know they're like focused on real shit like making like growing their own food and like building their houses and furniture and doing like like i mean they're like more focused in with like the real world they're more in touch with the real world and we're we're more in touch with all this artificial stuff that we've created and it's it adds stress we're like so connected to our cell phones every minute of every day we go around we feel a vibration in our pocket we gotta quick check it because we're being reached by anybody at any time and like say what you will do that might be a good thing but that's stressful too in itself yeah sometimes you just don't want to talk to people dude yeah like it's nuts like I feel like I don't know I, I couldn't be Amish or something but they might have it going on man like they, I think they're more in touch with a lot of it. We're too focused on all this artificial stuff and too much physical possessions and different things. It's just crazy. Mm. But it is cool that there's like there's there's a bit of harmony that goes into it all. So like you said that we're able to coexist pretty peacefully with, you know, their culture. Um and, you know, a lot of times there there's like benefits in both ends. Like, um, uh, Danish festival time in Greenville. Honestly, the best food you can buy is from like the Amish folk that go up there. Like all of their desserts, their oh, breads, yeah. all of the goodies. Oh, you cannot beat that quality of food. Oh yeah. No, there's no preservatives in that shit, dude. They're making that. Yeah, they're definitely doing a lot of things right, and you know we could definitely take some notes from that. Oh yeah, no. They... And like I said, I think it's it's more peaceful. And a lot of people, like, we're trying to downsize and minimalize our lives a little bit, me and my wife, and it just trying to be more. Like, I'm not using my cell phone as much like I was talking to you about. I try to leave it at home and don't do a lot with it. And when I go out and about and I see everybody on their phones and I think they're not in the real world, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, dude, I think we covered pretty much all I wanted to cover with you, really, on piercings and stuff. We've been at this for a while now, so we can probably cut it out. <laughs>